Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. And thank you, as always, for joining me again for another Monday episode uh, here on Let It Grow Investing. So uh, first off, I want to say huge shout out to Glenn Ward, GF Ward, for coming on and talking about his book, uh, Last Episode from Zero to Financial Freedom Hero. Uh, I definitely enjoyed that chat. I hope you guys did. Uh, I know a couple of you have already went out and purchased his book. Uh, so thank you for doing that. Thanks for showing him some uh, support. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, a lot of stuff going on this week. We've got uh, CPI numbers coming out. We just had GDP and PCE uh, come out as well. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some earnings. We're going to talk about some people that are still laying off more employees. But uh, we're also going to talk about a few people who are actually looking to hire right now. Uh, so a little bit of give and take there in that employment uh, market. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about um, you know why you might not want to be in an S and P 500 ETF or index fund. Uh, we said last time, you know, that's a great place to look. But I want to also look at the flip side as to why it might not be for you. There's a lot of reasons why it might not fit. But uh, yeah, so first off, uh, I did want to say we are rolling into uh, 2023. It has been a monstrous turnaround since what we had in 22. Um, but I'm really trying to be mindful of the fact that we are going up very quick uh, across a lot of different markets, a lot of different industries. And I just want to be mindful of the fact that I, I don't want you to have that FOMO of, oh man, I should buy or now is the time. Um, it could be, but I always like that kind of cool and calculated approach when it comes to investing. And dollar cost averaging is oftentimes a great way to average into a market, to buy the peaks, buy the valleys, and ultimately set yourself up for that uh, long-term gains. So um, with that being said, uh, I did want to point out that ARK-K, the ARK Invest Fund, uh, is on pace for its best month ever. Now, you know they've been buying Tesla since the bottom, since the beginning of the year. It's already one of their largest positions. I do think that it got uh, passed by someone else. I'll check that out here in a second. But um, yeah, when I'm looking over at RK, they have had a monstrous start to the year. Now, with that being said, uh, yeah, up about five and a half percent on Friday. We also have to look at the fact that 2022 was a complete disaster for them. And I know a lot of people that were buying that have really gotten pummeled. So we have to take that with a grain of salt. If you bought at the beginning of the year, you're probably happy. Um, I really haven't been adding to my ARC position. But uh, I know some people do look for some of these different uh, companies to add on when they are beaten down. So uh, Tesla is number three in this fund now. Zoom Video being number one, Exact Sciences Core being number two, uh, You know, followed by some other growth stocks. we got Roku, Block, uh, which was Square, UiPath, Shopify, Teladoc, Twilio, Beam Therapeutics. So that makes up 60% of this fund in these top 10 names. Now, when you have uh, such exposure to these uh, these stocks that are growth oriented and the market's rallying, they generally outperform 
you know, kind of your slower movers, your less volatile stocks. So it makes sense that they are, you know, really posting these solid gains uh, amidst the backdrop of uh, a lot of other stocks that are really, you know, moving up nicely. These ones are outperforming. So uh, just this past week, for example, we had Tesla move up 33%, uh, 33% just, just this last week, which is the most since May of 2013. Now, a lot of people have said, you know, Tesla's, you know, dying, Tesla's this, Tesla noise, Elon's doing that. You know, there's been a lot of problems. I saw people saying, you know, they'd buy Tesla when it gets to $20, not even at 105, they wouldn't buy it. Now, for me, uh, I think you guys know, this is one of my larger positions. It was my largest until we shaved about 60 some percent off of this stock. Um, so, you know, I guess take that with a grain of salt. I am a little bit biased towards this one, but, uh, I do think that they have a, uh, kind of a stranglehold in a lot of places of that market. The fact that they can charge so much on, uh, the vehicles, they have a higher margin than most. They have a lot of that pricing power and a lot of things going forward look like they're going to continue to have that, right? They've also already said that, uh, you know, they're building a new, smaller, cheaper platform. They're building the cyber truck this year. It's supposed to start. They went ahead and uh, invested in that facility in northern Nevada for battery production and uh, Tesla semi truck production. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that they have going where I think a lot of other EV companies are going to try to do the same thing that they're already doing. Uh, you know, BMW is going to make luxury EVs now. They're not going to appeal to the broad masses with a cheaper car, I don't think. Uh, and I really don't think that they're going to get into semi trucks. So I think they're going to stay in their lane of where they have luxury sedans, luxury SUVs, uh, where Tesla is going to spread out a little bit more, appeal to more people, uh, have great battery tech, and they're going to continue to expand that. Uh, you know, a company like Toyota, they they pretty much had a uh, the, the hybrid market back in the day. You know, they were the first ones to bring out the Prius. And now I would shoot to say that they are getting left behind in EV tech uh, really trying to push out, uh, you know, commuter cars that are still gas powered or that hybrid power. But I, and they do that really well. Don't, don't get me wrong there, but some of the things that they're trying to push now almost seems like they're trying to catch up. And, you know, Ford has actually accelerated that path. They've been putting a lot of money into R and D for the, uh, the EV market. So I just want to really have, you know, that, uh, you know, yes, there are some other competition, uh, their margins are a lot lower. They might not have the edge. They don't have that first mover advantage. Um, I think Tesla is being really smart with their positioning and they're taking a lot of different uh, things into consideration with where they want to build, how they want to do it, and really where they want to expand uh, and knowing their customers and where they can really drive that uh, that market share higher. So I'm still bullish here, but uh, I do want to point out one thing on uh, a recent uh, talk with Elon. He said that, uh, you know, cash is still king. They were talking about the fact of uh, Tesla talking previously about five to ten billion dollars worth of stock buybacks. And after this run, he said, you know, cash is king. We are possibly entering what is going to be a massive recession. I don't want to have, uh, you know, volatile shares on our uh, on our balance sheet. I want to have that cash, uh, you know, because that's the one thing they can't control. They can't control that macro environment. Uh, so that's kind of similar to what I'm telling you guys in the way of do dollar cost averaging into the market. You don't want to just load up on everything right now and think that things are just going to keep going up and you're going to have that FOMO 
when ultimately, you know, things could slow down if we get some, uh, you know, heavier raises from the Fed, if we get some of these other numbers coming out where uh, more people are getting laid off and they, you know, can't obviously buy more and more product of all these different companies to support them while they don't have a job. So there's a lot of different things going on here that I just wanted you to, to see that Tesla isn't looking to buy their stock right now. Uh, you know, ARK Invest is, but that's what they have to do. They are an investment house and they, you know, need to have some cash on the sidelines, but they also need to post a return at the end of the year. So a lot of different things to consider when we are looking at what to do with our money and really where we want to go forward. Um, so as I'm saying this, I do have limit orders on Tesla. They are somewhere down near the 150 mark. I am not chasing it after a 33% week. And uh, I'll remind you that, you know, back, where are we? On the third, we were sitting under 125, I'm going to say from this chart. But uh, on the sixth, we hit a low of 101. That's probably a better number to have. So we've gone up about uh, $77 in the course of four weeks. So with that being said, I don't really want to chase this one right here. I would let it come back down to me or simply dollar cost average. If you don't have a position and you want to start one, I might personally think of buying, uh, say I had $2,000 uh, to invest in Tesla. Maybe I'd go $500 now, $500 in two, three months, maybe next quarter, $500 in the next, uh, the third quarter, maybe $500 in the fourth quarter. That way you're buying uh, the peaks and valleys of what the market is giving you and not necessarily just chasing this one, thinking it's just going to go to the moon back to, you know, $380, $400 a share, uh, you know, in a short amount of time. I don't know that it's going to do that. Uh, ultimately, I'm ready for it if it is, but uh, I don't want to see you get hurt if this one drops back down to 105 or whatever that number might be. But um, yeah, going forward, we've also got uh, Goldman Sachs. They are cutting David Solomon, the CEO's pay, by thirty percent. And uh, you know, not really. Don't be too alarmed for the guy. He's still making twenty-five million dollars a year to be the CEO of Goldman Sachs. But they are trying to rein in some of this uh, this spending that they have. A lot of different banks are cutting a lot of different uh, salaries, and uh, they're one of them now. So. We've also got the stock uh, stock market's largest weekly inflow in six weeks. We had about $13.9 billion uh, invested into stocks this week. We've also had about $12.2 billion uh, invested into bonds, $500 million into gold, and uh, $2.3 billion came out of cash in order to buy all these different stocks. So I'm not sure where the rest of that money is coming to invest in these stocks. If it was already in... Uh, in accounts or if they're on margin or what we got going on here, but it is a lot of money coming into the market. But um, yeah, where we got, we've got the, the PCE. That is a Fed's main indicator. Uh, came in at 5% year over year, which is in line. I know a lot of people said, you know, having that higher GDP number, we were expecting 2.6. We came in at 2.9. Is that going to be a reason for the Fed to ultimately uh, go ahead and raise these rates more than that uh, 25%? Uh, basis point move that we thought we might get. Um, now, while I'm saying that, I'm going to take a look at the CE, uh, CME Fed Watch tool, which I guess I could have pulled up earlier. That probably would have made sense. But uh, last time we looked at it, it was uh, pretty 
solidly, I believe like 94%, 95% saying we were going to get a 25 basis point hike. And now we are looking at bringing that rate up to a uh, target rate of 450 to 475. So that is in our current target rates, 425 to 450. So we're still looking at that uh, quarter percent rate or that 25 basis point rate going forward. So ultimately, we'll see what, ha what happens with that uh, later this week. And we're really waiting to see what the Fed says, if they're really going to be uh, hawkish on saying we still need to raise these rates or keep the rates up higher or longer, uh, you know, with a couple different things, indicators coming out saying that uh, the overall economy is still too strong. We might get that kind of... Uh, kind of verbiage from them uh, later this week. So I'm really curious as to what they say. I hope they don't put too much of a damper on the market, but uh, I think everyone already is anticipating that they are going to be uh, a little bit more hawkish this time to kind of slow things down, put a little bit more fear out in the market. And uh, that's another reason that I don't want to go too hard into any one position right now. And I will continue to dollar cost average. Um, now, I did say that uh, some different companies are hiring. Uh, so I know that, you know, uh, Google, Amazon, a, a bunch of key players have been laying off in mass. But uh, Boeing, they're actually looking to hire about 10,000 workers. They do have a large uh, backlog of work that they're trying to get done. Uh, Chipotle Mexican Grill, they're looking to hire 15,000 new employees uh, for what they call burrito season, which I didn't even know was a thing. But uh, from March to May is apparently burrito season in the U.S. So they are looking to bring in about 15,000 new employees for that. Uh, we also had MasterCard. They went ahead and uh, posted a beat as well. So, um, you know, and that uh, kind of lends our, itself right to the investing challenge for week five here. Um, we're buying Visa. Uh, I'll get right to the point. We had five different stocks, but we're going to be buying Visa uh, today. And uh, I'll be doing that right around um, right around lunchtime. That's when I try to do some of my buying to get some of that morning volatility out of the market. So thank you guys for voting over there on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Uh, I give you five stocks every week. That's what I'm aiming for. And you guys vote and I go ahead and buy it for our investing challenge. Now, uh, I did say that uh, MasterCard had a beat. They did beat on that EPS. They were expecting $2.58 came in at $2.65 and revenue of $5.8 billion. Uh, we also had uh, Comcast came out with the beat, 82 cents EPS uh, on a basis of 77 cents and a revenue beat at 30.55 billion, beating uh, 30.3 billion. So, and uh, we also had Northrop Grumman, pretty large beat there. Uh, EPS is 750 on expectations of $6.57. Uh, revenue of 10 billion on expectations of 9.6. So uh, a lot of these different companies are posting better than expected. And, and here's one that I, I didn't even notice before, uh, Blackstone. We've talked a lot about Blackstone and how they had to uh, sell off some different assets in order to pay the people that wanted to pull their money out of that fund. Uh, they actually posted a beat, $1.07 EPS on a basis of 95 cents. So this one... This one is one that I was saying I was buying in that $80 range and it did get down there. I think it even got into the 70s. Yeah, 71 was the low on this one, December 28th. We are now sitting at 9586. 
I was telling you I was buying this one sub 80, right around that $80 mark. And I was getting probably six and a half percent on that quarterly dividend. Well, the dividend's still five and a quarter percent, but it has dropped based on that uh, rising price or that entry point per share. So still one that I'm looking at. I think that that one just sold off a little too heavy on some of this news. People like it, uh, taking their money out of this one. But uh, overall, they do have some limits in place as to how much people can take out in a given quarter or a given month. And uh, I do think that they have a very strong management team. So I'm still um, long in this position. I, I don't think I'm going to change that anytime soon. But uh, I know there were some fears around that as well. Uh, what else we got? We've got um, LHX, uh, L3 Harris. They had posted a beat. And this one was actually one of the leaders in my uh, portfolio this week. Uh, on some of this news, just on Friday, they were up about 8%. And L3 Harris, if you don't know, is in that uh, defense contractors uh, space. We talked about this one with names like Lockheed uh, and some other ones out, that are out there. I said this one hasn't really run up as much as I thought it could, you know, based on the war in Ukraine, Russia, and the fact that this one just really wasn't getting the love that I really felt that it des uh, deserved based on some of the different things that they're making, some of their markets and uh, users. And uh, yeah, it finally, finally did something, right? So it went up about $15.56 just on Friday. Uh, we were at a low on uh, the 20th of this year, of, of this month on January 20th at 189. Currently, we're sitting at about 212. So again, one that I definitely think uh, has some potential going forward. Uh, the PE is a little bit high right now, but you do get a solid dividend on that one, uh, about two and a quarter percent. So definitely one you could uh, possibly still invest in. I would watch for any dips uh, with some of these companies that really have run up. Uh, L3 Harris, Tesla, Blackstone, I would let them settle back down before I really look to, uh, before I look to add to them. You might see something different for your uh, your needs, your portfolio, your money. Uh, so certainly take all that into consideration. Don't just go blind on what I'm saying. But um, yeah, the one, one more thing here. We've got to Amazon. They are looking to now charge fees on grocery orders under $150. Uh, before they were doing some, uh, uh, shipping charges on orders under like 35 bucks, but now they've upped that they're trying to get larger orders, uh, I guess to save on, um, you know, all their driving delivery charges and really make more sense to bring these orders to people. So they are raising those prices. They are cutting, uh, their amount of people that they have on staff. Uh, I think they cut about 18,000 jobs. Oh, um, that might have been that might have been Google. I might have that number wrong, but uh, they are canceling a lot of different jobs that are out there. So ultimately, they're going to be shorter staffed. They want more people buying larger amounts at a given point in time, so they don't have as many trucks on the road or people driving around, which makes sense. It uh, is ultimately a sign of the times that we are in. But um, yeah, that's about it on that first part here. I do want to come back. We're going to talk about why an S and P five hundred. ETF might not work for you and why you might want to look elsewhere. And we're also going to cover week six for the investing challenge and those five stocks that I've got for you guys this week. So stick around. I will be right back. All right, guys, we are back here. And uh, thank you for sticking around. 
But uh, yeah, so we've got uh, some other news I wanted to talk about real quick before we move on. And uh, one of those things is uh, something that I posted over there on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. And uh, that was the Lucid uh, move this uh, past Friday. Now, uh, they moved up as much as 98% on one day. Now, yes, there were some talks about them opening a location in Montreal, um, that wasn't really the main driver of what was going on. The, the main thing that I saw was uh, talks of a buyout from uh, Saudi Arabia's investment uh, arm. Uh, pretty much they were looking to buy the company in whole potentially. Uh, that is still not confirmed to my knowledge, but uh, it is something that is making news and making waves throughout the community. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, Lucid can take uh, advantage of whatever's going on over there and really get that uh, that company up to uh, really a strong investment grade. You know, they are in that speculative space. They have a lot of growth ahead of them, but hopefully the company can be managed as well as what the, the vehicles that they're putting out are. So um, very speculative though. I'm not going to say go ahead and run into this one. Um, you know, if you are in that spot where you need some more growth, uh, I think the EV industry in itself could be a great driver for that, but uh, it might be a little bit too much playing with fire right now for me. So uh, I wanted to bring that up. There is news that I try to post over there on Let It Grow Investing, or you can follow Let It Grow Investing on Instagram as well. I'm over there also. But um, yeah, so what do we got? We've got uh, pretty much the S&P 500 index. I wanted to point this out as well. We had... Um, talked about moving averages in the past. We were looking for this 50-day moving average to break the 200-day moving average. Now, the 50-day is coming up uh, as uh, the market is kind of rebounding here in the past month, uh, really from some of those October lows. Now, we've still got that 200-day trending down from where we were. And now this 50-day average of the, the past 50 days, basically where we close throughout the day, it's going to move up quicker than what that 200-day will. Now, uh, I said that if we get above that level on the 50-day, that is a bullish uh, sign. That is a golden cross is what it's going to be called. So when that uh, short-term average comes up above that longer-term moving average. Now, sometimes you can look at uh, shorter term moving averages, say the 20 day versus the 50 day to see what is going on there. But sometimes you get more false positives. The market's going to fluctuate, ebb and flow uh, as it always does. And when you're looking at the, the 20 day versus the 50, uh, it crossed above it uh, three times now in the past six months. Now on that longer term, the, the 50 and the 200 are, I mean, they're right next to one another. So this is going to be a really telltale week. If we can actually get some more solid earnings, if the Fed doesn't come out and put a complete halt on anything and go crazy with a heavier rate uh, hike, we might actually see this one move above that 200 day. I've seen a lot of people saying that it needs to cross there. And then some people saying that it needs to cross that 4,100 for uh, another level of resistance that we've been on. And if it can break that, uh, mind you, we're at 4,070 right now. I believe we hit about 4,090 on Friday. So some people want to see it move up and uh, cross that next path of resistance to really show that we can really get the ball rolling here and that we're not just going to hit this resistance and fall back to uh, you know, some of these levels back in October, that 3,600 level. That is 
ultimately what we don't want to see if you're long in the market. But um, yeah, I, I guess it really depends on your positioning. If you know some people see it as a buying opportunity, they want to get back down to that 3,600, hold that level there, and then really have that double bottom and then move on up. Uh, me personally, I'm perfectly fine with this one moving on up right now. Um, you know, it just kind of the way that the market works for me. I, you know, did some buying back in October, back in December, and uh, I'm ready for things to start looking up. But uh, that's me. So hopefully we have a solid week, uh, you know, with good earnings, good Fed speak, and, uh, you know, we're not too hawkish on any of those different terms. But I did want to point that out. I know it's been something that we were waiting for. One of those, you know, kind of telltale signs of, hey, this is happening and the market should move up from here. But um, with that being said, you know, it really lends us to the fact of, do we want to be buying into the S&P 500? And, you know, for a lot of people, I think it is a great spot to start, you know, simply buying SPY or a VOO, a Vanguard S&P 500 ETF, if you're not familiar, um, can be a great way to, uh, you know, just kind of set it and forget it. You're buying 500 of the best companies in the world all by buying one name. You can simply just average in every week, every month, every paycheck, however it works for you. Uh, now, that is a great way to build long-term wealth. Uh, you know, Glenn and I talked about that on last show. Um, now, why would you not want to do this, right? We talked about simple uh, single stock exposure being risky, and it can be risky. But what do you get when you are buying the S&P 500? Well, you're getting a lower dividend, right? The, uh, the average is in uh, probably right around 1.9 to 2% range, I'm going to say. Uh, I don't have that chart pulled up in front of me. I probably should, but I uh, navigated off that page. Uh, so you're getting heavy exposure to the tech sector, right? When I was doing some numbers here the uh, on SPY in the top 10 stocks, uh, five of them were tech. And when I ran the numbers, it's 16.9% of the top 10 stocks uh, were in tech. Now of the whole fund, 22.5% is tech-based. So if you don't really like the swings of tech, uh, if you don't think that that is where you want to be, you're not going to get the higher dividends, you will get more growth. Say you're getting closer to retirement, you might not want to be here. This might not be the spot for you. Uh, you know, there might be some other areas to have more protect your money, if you will, you know, that are going to have a lot less volatility in them. Um, you know, it might just not be the thing for you. And oh, another reason you might not want uh, is because of the uh, the risk that you're putting in here. That some people might not find that there is enough growth, right? So some people think that it is, uh, you know, too little. Some people think it's too much. But uh, when I'm saying that, some people might not want the large cap stocks, meaning those uh, multi billion dollar companies, uh, you know, or even trillion dollar companies. Now, Google, Amazon, those are all massive companies. They can't really turn a ship on a dime uh, the way that some of these smaller companies can that are in that brand new field and they're just going to have that uh, that 10x play. So some people want uh, a little bit more growth. Some people want that uh, tried and true method, uh, especially when you're getting closer to retirement. You don't want these high flyers because you know your your money could get zapped away uh, in a down year, like we've seen with some of these growth stocks uh, in in 2022. We saw them go down 60, 70, 80 percent or more. Uh, so not saying that's necessarily going to be the case of the S&P 500 indexes, uh, 
Uh, yes, it was down, what, uh, 19% last year. That is not the normal case. And normally you're getting about 10% on average in an S&P 500 index. Um, so where else could you possibly look? That uh, That is definitely a question that a lot of people want to have an answer to. Uh, to where you could possibly diversify and get into a couple different ETFs or even some different ETFs that better fit your uh, investing time horizons, your risk tolerance, you know, how long you're going to have this account open and uh, really just give you some different options out there. Now, I've talked about this one before. Um, there are a little bit higher of management fees on this one. And that uh, ETF is Noble, N-O-B-L. Um, and this is actually going to be... Uh, Actually, no, it didn't make the cut. That's okay. Didn't make the cut for the uh, investing challenge for this week, but I'm just going to run through a couple of them. So this is a dividend, S&P 500 dividend aristocrats ETF. And those are companies that have raised their dividends for more than 25 years. And uh, so you're going to get a little bit more on that growth or uh, more on the dividend and dividend growth companies while still getting uh, a lot of that S&P 500 name. So they're going to pick and choose. You've got Granger, Chevron, Nucor, Archer Daniels, which is in uh, food. You've got uh, Exxon, Caterpillar, Arbomarl, um, West Pharmaceutical. Uh, the list goes on, right? So you don't have that high exposure to tech. You've got a little bit more mixture in consumer staples, steel, food, um, you know, uh, machinery, uh, energy, things like that. So it might be a little bit better of a way for you to have some of the lower PE companies that are going to pay you a dividend while still giving you some diversity by buying one single ETF. Uh, now, going forward, um, I wrote down a couple just off the top of my head. And then in my research for the investing challenge, I kind of came up with other names. But uh, with that being said, this does take quite a lot of time and uh, really putting all this information together for you to kind of sift through it. But uh, so if I would definitely appreciate a subscribe, a share. And if you really want to give me an extra high five, I mean, you could go ahead and contribute to the podcast over there at anchor.fm slash let it grow uh, as little as 99 cents a month. I would definitely appreciate that, especially because it's not snowing right now. I'm, I'm, you know, waiting for snowflakes to start falling here for my snow removal business. But that's not happening in Maryland right now. So uh, with that being said, I'd greatly appreciate that. But um, yeah, so now number two here was uh, uh, another one that's more dividend based. And that uh, was VIG. And that is another uh, Vanguard Dividend Appreciation ETF. And when we look at the portfolio over here, you're going to get more like a 2% yield on this one. Uh, you're getting a little bit of different names here as well. United Health, Johnson & Johnson. You do get some tech though. You've got Microsoft. You've got uh, JP Morgan. Uh, Procter & Gamble, Visa, MasterCard, Home Depot, Pepsi, Coke. So another way to invest where you have some tech, you've got some uh, insurance plays, you've got some med uh, Medicare, I'm not Medicare, medical, um, you know, names in uh, FinTech and kind of the list goes on, right? So a little bit more diversified, you're still getting some tech, you're still getting exposure to all the different markets. Uh, you're still in mainly North America. So it could be another way for you to look at things here. But, um, you know, if you want more growth, you could look instead of SPY, you could look at SPY G. Now, this one is where I put a lot of the uh, the money that I'm investing for my children. Uh, I'm putting it in here because it's the S&P 500, but it's the growth side. They have more of a time horizon. 
than even what I have, obviously. So I'm looking to have these larger, uh, you know, maybe moonshot plays that are still large cap names. Uh, 63 of the uh, fund is in giant companies. 27% in large, 9% in medium, no small, no micro cap companies. Uh, so you're getting Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, United Health, uh, Alphabet, Exxon, NVIDIA, Amazon, just a, a more of a mixture that is more focused on growth. And that makes up about 37% of this fund. So really, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is there is a way to get into an ETF that more fits your needs rather than simply buying what uh, one fund puts together. I know a lot of people do that, but there are more funds that have low management fees that might be a better way for you to invest, depending on what your needs are, how long your time horizon is, if you need dividends, if you don't, if you want to be in real estate uh, investment funds, we got some of those. There's uh, utility funds, clean energy funds. There's all different types. You can easily use my link on E-Trade. Go over to the ETFs tab. Uh, there's a list called All-Star ETFs. Uh, if you create an account, you can certainly do that. I do have the link to help get you started. I think there's an offer for up to $3,500 uh, in additional cash if you do go ahead and open an account. And there is probably a high deposit that you need to do in order to get that. But just want to throw it out there if you need uh, help getting going. But uh, so um, now moving on to the investing challenge. Um, now this one, this one did take a minute. Well, the first one, I'm just going to go ahead and, and rattle this off. Um, I, I really had to think about this one uh, if I really wanted to include it because we just bought it two weeks ago, but this was the one that we bought this time last year. And I said, I'd try to incorporate these into the mix. So that first one is Microsoft. A lot of different news out there about Microsoft. You know, uh, they're buying that chat GPT, open AI. They're really trying to invest there. There are some problems in gaming, in computers. Uh, you know, they're trying to say that the uh, the Bing search engine's gaining traction, which is uh, pretty much a joke. But uh, there are a lot of reasons to buy this company. I don't think that, uh, you know, the laptop problem or computer problem is going to be long lasting. I think it is just more of a cyclical thing where everyone bought them uh, two years ago. And now we're trying to, you know, save a couple dollars here and there. I still think that Microsoft is going to be a, uh, a long-term hold. And uh, for me, I, I don't see a reason to sell this one at all anytime soon. Uh, you are getting a 1.1% dividend, nothing to write home about PE of 27 we still do have some upside. Currently, we're at 248. We're looking at an average price target of 273, so about 10%. Uh, now, this is where these uh, different ETFs come into play. This is kind of where I wanted to go with it this week. First one is going to be VTI. That is the Vanguard Total Stock Market ETF. So you're not just getting S&P 500 names. You are getting some of those micro caps. You are getting some of the smaller companies that can have those larger returns. Uh, so there is a mixture here. Uh, you've got 2% in micro cap companies. You've got 6% in small companies, 20% medium, 31% large, 41% giant. So a mixture here, right? You're not just getting those extra large, already uh, mature companies. You're getting some of those high flyers as well. The list here kind of looks similar to what uh, VOO does. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, Berkshire, Hathaway, uh, United Health, Johnson & Johnson, eh, Exxon, JP Morgan, right? So you've got a lot of great names. 
But once you get down to the smaller ones, you do have some of those higher flyers that might be, uh, you know, your next Apple, your next Amazon. We don't know at this time, but they are in this fund and they do actively manage this. Uh, I'm pretty certain they do. And they're picking some of these smaller companies to, uh, no, I guess it would be completely, this one is completely whatever is in the stock market. They just try to encompass the whole market. Uh, so maybe not actively managed. I might've had that wrong. Now, uh, so that is number one. When I look at the performance of this VTI over the past 10 years, um, if you had invested $10,000 this time in 2013, it would be worth $31,284 as of today. So not a shabby 10-year uh, return. You triple your money in 10 years. Uh, now, going forward, this one is going to be more of a dividend fund. It is the Schwab uh, U.S. Dividend Equity ETF, SCHD. This is something that I would look for uh, a lot more. Protect your money, uh, get some more regular dividends, a little bit higher of payers there. And uh, ultimately, you're getting about 3.35% in quarterly dividends by buying into this uh, fund. Now, the top 10 here, and uh, I'm going to just pull up this list. We got Broadcom, Verizon, Pfizer, Merck, Coca-Cola, Lockheed, Pepsi, Cisco, Home Depot, uh, IBM. So you're getting some tech, you're getting some communications, uh, medical, uh, food, defense. You're getting a mixture here as well, but lower PEs, higher dividends, and uh, overall, I think a safer fund to be in uh, over the, the long haul, really. You're not getting those massive swings of the tech companies. It's going to balance out a little bit better just from some of the names that don't have as much movement. Now, uh, as far as performance, this one has actually outperformed VTI. So $10,000 invested in 2013 is now worth $36,195. So this one, uh, you're getting those dividends, they're reinvesting those unless you decide to have them uh, pay, paid into your account as cash. But SCHD is a great fund that encompasses a lot of the great uh, dividend payers of the market. So that is number three. We got Microsoft VTI SCHD. Now, uh, I did start talking about this next one. That was SPY G. So it is the SPY S&P 500 growth ETF. The one that I said that I put uh, my money for my kids into, this is that one. Uh, so when I'm looking here, um, this one over the past 10 years, 10 grand has turned into 35.3. Uh, so SCHD still outperforms there, but uh, I think a lot of that is to do with the uh, downfall of the NASDAQ coming down 31% last year. Definitely hurt this fund. Uh, I think those numbers are a little bit skewed just from 2022. Now, uh, you are in more giant stocks. I think I already covered those. You are in more of the high flyer stocks. You still get some United Health. You still get Exxon. But uh, the rest of the top 10 is really those tech companies. Uh, it includes some NVIDIA, the, the, the main players, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, uh, Visa, Tesla. So you've got uh, a little bit more of a mixture here um, in, in the tech names, but you kind of omit some of those other dividend paying names. So less dividends, more in the growth. Um, so that one should be rallying back here with uh, the NASDAQ coming back up and uh, ultimately some of these growth stocks coming back up. Now, the, the last one I wanted to throw into the mix might be something also that could be better for uh, closer to retirement. 
And uh, that one is the Vanguard Real Estate ETF. And that is VNQ. Now, VNQ is going to cover a lot of different companies that manage a lot of different uh, real estate, obviously. But uh, they've got a Vanguard Real Estate uh, fund in here as well that I'm not sure what that is made up of. But then you got companies that do uh, warehouses like Prologis. I think they uh, they do a lot of different uh, buildings for Amazon. You've got American Tower. So sell companies that own land for their towers. That is in here. You got Equinix. You got Crown Castle. You got public storage, realty income, which is ticker O, which a lot of people love for the monthly income. Simon Property, Mall Operator, SBA Communications, and Well Tower. That's the top 10 here. That makes up 47% of this fund. But uh, when you're looking at that, uh, generally, these companies are paying more in the way of dividends. They have to in the way that they are set up. You are getting a 3.61% dividend by owning this right now. Uh, so that one's probably going to be the highest dividend payer um, where SCHD would probably be number two. And then VTI, Spy G, Microsoft would be at the, the bottom side of this uh, equation here. But... Um, yeah, so that's what I got for you guys this week. I hope this kind of helps break down why you might not simply just want SP or S&P 500 ETF, similar to uh, SPY or VOO. And you can maybe see why something a little bit more growth focused might work for you or something with a little bit higher dividend or a safety net around it might work a little bit better if you're getting closer to retirement or you're really trying to protect the money that you have. So uh, get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Uh, get your votes in for one of these five names. Again, Microsoft, VTI, uh, SCHD, SPYG, or VNQ. And that's what I got for you guys today. So thank you very much for stopping by. We're going to try to uh, keep it rolling over here. I'll be back Thursday. I may or may not have a guest. We're trying to get that one nailed down, but uh, ultimately just stick around and we'll uh, we'll get some more guests on the show to talk about what they're doing in their investing lives and how they're making their businesses work for them. Um, so if you got anyone that might want to come on the show and talk about how they, uh, are investing, or if you got any serious questions, you're just beginning and you want to, you know, have a chat about that, feel free to message me. I'd like to get some more uh, input from some other people on the show. If I can help you great. And, uh, if the, um, investor is looking to come on to help everyone else even better. So, uh, with that being said, thank you guys. And I will catch you in the next one. Take care. Thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.